<laughs> well, good morning. Welcome to our continuing Bible study in the book of Luke. And we're in chapter 22, and today will be... Uh, the plan is, today anyway, the plan is to close out chapter 22 in the, the last uh, little portion where Jesus is just at the, the high priest's uh, chambers and, and being interviewed by, by them before it goes uh, before Pilate in chapter 23. <clears throat> so we're going to read uh, verse 66 through 71 at the end of the Luke chapter 22. And as, and as soon as it was day, they, they'd been tormenting him all night long, and, and as soon as it was day, the elders of the people... And the chief priests and the scribes came together and led him into their council, saying, and remember they had been meeting apart with the plot to to kill him. How, how are we going to do that? And, and, and so they led him into their council, saying, Art thou the Christ? Tell us. And he said unto them, if I tell you, you will not believe. And if I also ask you, you will not answer me, nor let me go. Hereafter, the Son of Man, uh, or hereafter, shall the Son of Man sit on the right hand of the power of God. Then said they all, Art thou then the Son of God? And he said unto them, Ye say that I am. And they said, What need we? Any, uh, what need we any further witness for we ourselves have heard of his own mouth and so that's all they were desirous of saying it's it's interesting that uh, he almost always referred to himself while he was tabernacling among men he almost always just referred to himself as the son of man but others declared him the son of God and and we find that from the very beginning of uh, of Luke, Zacharias, he shall be called the Son of God, the Son of the Highest. Uh, so our message today is entitled "Questions." Questions. In verse 66, uh, they're laying forth the charges against him that they're going to accuse him of. Uh, they came together and led him into their council, saying, Art thou the Christ? And uh, The Messiah, that's another name for Messiah. And, you know, Jesus asked, uh, if I ask you that, what will you say? And isn't that the question? Who, Who do men say that I am? And how does that revelation come about? And uh, we'll be exploring that a little bit today, and that's the same thing he asked Peter. 
who who do men say that? Who, well, who do you say? What what you what do you say? And uh, you know, no man can reveal it. Jesus said, "No man can reveal that, but my Father which is in heaven." No man can call him Lord, but by the Spirit. Uh, those from Matthew 16 and 1 Corinthians 12. That's what the Scripture said. You know, they were asking, they weren't asking to be spiritually enlightened. They weren't asking for a good purpose. They were asking for a false purpose. And yet it was all according to the determinate counsel and, uh, and purpose of God for purposes of accusation and not for true re revelation of the facts. They just wanted to catch him saying something whereby they could accuse him. And there's such a difference between the dialogue between him and them and the dialogue that he has with believers. Like the woman at the well. If you would have asked of me living water, I would have given it to you. And these men... They ask him, are you at the Christ? And he says, doesn't matter what I tell you, you, you will not believe because you, uh, you're not my sheep. That's what it says in John chapter 10. So they were asking not for a, a good purpose. And, and, you know, they ask him several different questions in the next few verses in the beginning of our next chapter. They ask him, are you the, are you the Messiah? Because they knew Messiah was coming, because Daniel nine twenty four and twenty five says Messiah the Prince is coming, and he'll be cut off, but not for himself. And 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 they give the timing and the date and every all the details of it in in Daniel. And and in fact, that woman at the well said, "I know Messiah cometh. I know he's coming, because the Scripture said he's coming." And and when he has come, he'll tell us all things. And isn't that what he did with her? <laughs> he said, "Oh yeah, I know you. You're you're with the fifth man, and 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 he's not even your husband, and all those things." And they ask him, "Are you the Messiah? Are you the Son of God?" And uh, you know, in verse we mentioned this earlier in in Luke. Uh, 135 uh, it was declared he shall be called the son of God it's interesting too that you know he never he never referred to himself as as that uh, but and and the yet the devils knew him as the son of God they called him thou son of God in in Luke chapter 4 and Luke chapter 8. What have you got to do with us, thou son of God? <laughs> they they recognized him. They not in a saving way, but they recognized who he was. And uh, but on earth he said of himself, the son of man. <clears throat> they asked him, "Are you are you king of the Jews?" That's what Pilate's going to ask him in chapter twenty three. Are are you the king of the Jews? And so the answer to these questions are they're in they're written they're plain for everybody to see but the the problem he's is so succinct here 
He says, the problem is, if I tell you, you, you will not believe. Even if I tell you. What, so we have to say, what is required then to believe? There's a really good article in, in your bulletin today on inside cover there by uh, uh, Maurice Montgomery about lying and, and what people's perception of God is and how they view Him and, and how their, their uh, ideas of God are just from the fall are defective. They can't have a true understanding of God based on fleshly nature. Uh, it just is not, not possible. You know, questions are asked, and the Word of God is readily available everywhere. I mean, you can go to any motel and open the drawer, and there's a Bible in there usually. It's, you can go anywhere and get, get a Bible. And there's people on TV saying, just call me and I'll send you a Bible that'll have my name down in the corner <laughs> so you know who's who to give the credit to but for free <clears throat> but uh, it's readily available everywhere the word which is the answer and yet it's really not believed and cannot be believed unaided uh, by the Spirit, so you you must be born again. Unless the man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. And uh, <clears throat> you know, in the time of the tabernacling on earth by Jesus, the the Word of God uh, through the Old Testament and in the person of Jesus Christ clearly testified that He is the Son of God, the Son of and the Son of Man, and the Messiah and the king of kings and the prophet and the counselor and and he's called peace uh, many titles that he has that that declare the things that he is and does uh, and in Hebrews uh, chapter 1 boy uh, uh, the great message by Lance Heller in, in chapter 1 of Hebrews God who at sundry times and diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things and by whom also he made the words great message there he had about uh, in in these days uh, spoken to us by his son <clears throat> Jesus himself said and, and Norm's mentioned this a couple times in this last few messages in John 5.46 Jesus said had you believed Moses you would have believed me for he wrote of me <clears throat> John the Baptist uh, fulfilled the prophecy of God as stated by the angel of God to Zechariah in testifying of Christ he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias that's from our lesson at the very beginning of the book of Luke in chapter 1 to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord and the prophecy of Isaiah fulfilled in John the Baptist uh, that uh, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness uh, 
Make straight the way of the Lord. Make straight. That's an interesting concept. Make straight the way of the Lord. Don't be don't be going off this way or going off this way. Give the straight counsel of the Word of God. Make straight the way of the Lord, as he as said the prophet uh, Isaiah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, John was questioned, but he was mostly not believed. He was only believed by a, a few people, but a lot of people came to him and wanted to participate in the religious ceremonialism that they believed was going on. Uh, uh, and he, he said, you're just a generation of vipers. Who has, who has warned you to flee the wrath to come? Uh, bring some evidence that there's been a work of grace in your heart. Then we'll talk about baptism. Uh, and again, John, you know, they he declared that the Messiah was coming just as it was prophesied before before Christ comes I'll send my my messenger and 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 uh, he'll declare it and yet they didn't believe him and and eventually he was killed <laughs> for declaring the gospel and he had the same message kind of who hath believed our reports? What is revealed in Isaiah 53, the verse uh, 1. Isaiah cried out to God, Who hath believed our report? I'm giving you all the facts, all the record that he had from the word of... He had the, the thus saith the Lord to, to him, and all the record of Moses before that, who hath believed our report? And then the key verse is, To whom hath is the arm of the Lord revealed? You know, John, he was not readily believed, but except those ordained of God to hear him. Jesus uh, stated an important uh, truth in, in, in the Gospel of John. In chapter 5, verse 38, he says, and you have not his word abiding in you. You have not his word abiding. It doesn't, doesn't live. It's not a living thing in you. It's just words. For, and the evidence of that, he says, for whom he has sent, and he's talking about John the Baptist. He says, him you believe not. Which of the prophets that he that he sent did you did you believe? None. <laughs> How many of them did you kill? All of them. <laughs> All of them. Which of the prophets have you not stoned or in some other horrendous way killed? So the evidence was the result was <clears throat> that believing requires the word abiding in you, living the living gospel abiding in you what's required to believe what a question and and is in fact it's the true question what is required to believe as we mentioned the facts are all there recorded the word is readily available everywhere 
it can be easily read or listened to. You can jump on the radio or sermon audio and there's a millions of sermons on there. Uh, the evidence has been displayed and demonstrated. So so why is it not really believed? What's what's required? You know, Jesus, and we mentioned this a minute ago, in John chapter 10, verse 26, is, you believe not because you're not of my sheep. The facts are recorded. The truth is declared. Had you believed Moses, you would have believed me because he wrote of me. People, they actually saw Jesus in the flesh, and yet mostly they didn't believe. So seeing is not believing. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 6. He says, I said unto you that you have also seen me and believed not. <laughs> so those physical elements are not what what gets you there. And uh, the works of God have been displayed from creation and yet generally not believed. And... Uh, Jesus said in John chapter 10, if, if I do not the works of my, of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not in me, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. All the works that he did, all the healings, all the miracles, the raising of the dead, the, all the things that he sent to John in prison. Says, Go and tell John that the deaf hear the blind see, the lepers are cleansed, the dead are raised. All the creation. Isn't that what it says in Romans? The creation declares <laughs> the fact of God, and yet it's not, uh, not believed. <clears throat> So again, the question remains, what is required to believe? And, and well, did Isaiah truly say, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? And, and then we have to ask then, well, how is he then revealed? And what is required for salvation? What is required to believe? And, you know, this seems to be the, <clears throat> I like, that's why, again, I like that, that uh, quote from, uh, Maurice Montgomery in your bulletin there about the the defective lying about God and Jesus and salvation in your bulletin there. <clears throat> it's how is how is salvation come about? How do you believe? It and that seems to be what plagues religion because they have a not not the true understanding of God. So their religion and their evangelism is based on their own precept of how they think it ought to be. Uh, and yet the answer is clear, having been written, having been demonstrated, having been declared, but again, not believed. And the issue of religion is that there's some... You're not dead in trespasses and sin. There's some part of you that still has ability, that still has life and is able to 
believe unaided and to make a decision to accept Christ. Yet the word of God clearly states that the natural man receiveth not the the things of the Spirit of God. They're, They're foolishness unto him. Well, that's not right. God's not fair if, he, if that's the way he is. And that's my opinion of it. That's my view of it. And therefore, I'm right and God is wrong. <laughs> uh, you believe not because you're not of my sheep. That, you know, religion has always been in the business of putting things backwards. of reversing how things truly are. Uh, let's, let's go over to Isaiah chapter 29. There's an interesting passage here in Isaiah 29. And Let's drop down to verse 13. Well, actually, you could, as Mike Richardson's always said, well, you could back up, you could back up, you could back up. You could go to verse 12 where it says, the book is delivered to him that is not learned. Well, in that religion, the book has been delivered to a lot of people that are not learned. They are not learned from God because of the arm of the Lord has not been revealed to them. The book is delivered to him that's not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he said, Well, I'm not learned. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, they say all the religious words, they say all the Jesus words, all the praise gods, all the all those things, and yet uh, their heart is far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of the prudent man shall be hid. Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works are in the dark. And they say, who seeth us and who knoweth us? You know, they say, God is not uh, doing such a good job in the salvation thing. So we need to we need to help him out. Verse 16. Surely you're turning of things upside down. And that's what religious folks do. They turn it upside down. They put all the impetus on the man to be effectual in his own salvation. You, all you have to do is say, th- say this. If you say these words, then God is under obligation to act in a certain way. Your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay, for shall the work say and of, of him that made it, he made me not, or shall the thing framed say of him that framed it, he had no understanding. Is it not yet a very little while, and Leb- Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field 
shall be esteemed as a forest. And then he says, in that day, you know what that day is? That's the day that the Lord interacts with his sheep. It's not a not a specific day in the future in the apocalypse or, or whatever the crazy end time stuff. In that day is the day that the Lord, the arm of the Lord is revealed to every one of his sheep whenever that time is. Uh, when it pleased God to reveal his son in me. That's what Paul said. In that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book. That for the first time they will actually hear the words of the book. And the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity. They'll, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's what it says in John 3. He can't see out of the obscurity unless he be born again. And out of darkness, out of the darkness of the air of what they, the, whatever religious business they're in. In that day shall the deaf hear the, the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. And the meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel, because that's who makes the difference. That's who causes you to believe. That's who works the works of grace in you. And so the matter then becomes a, a total failure in trusting what God has declared and ordained. You know, Paul, he wrote of that. He, there's nothing new under the sun. Paul wrote of the very issue all through the every gospel he wrote by the spirit the nature of man being dead in trespasses and sin and finding that the only life and justification lies in Christ that God and then he and he goes out and he, he lays all these things out in such such precise order here's the problem Here's the solution. Well, how does God affect that? Well, God chose by the foolishness of preaching to save his people. And they and they they can't get around that 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 issue and and thus causing them to truly understand and appreciate grace and and subsequently they're stripped of all boasting because they come to know that that it was all external things that happened to them that caused them to believe. And uh, in 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it's a power of God. For it's written, I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after that in the wisdom of, the, of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. They think they have some understanding. That, and he, he said to them, You think that I was altogether such a one as yourself. You think that I am like you, and, I, and I'm not. And, you know, as, as Paul wrote through Romans, the... And we find this true in in, in other 
other verses and other gospels of John they'll take one verse and make an entire doctrine of for for God so loved the world that and you know the rest of that one <clears throat> in Romans uh chapter uh 10 we have a couple of verses that are segregated out of context and used to issue a formula for salvation which rests entirely on the actions of a dead man <laughs> it's just unbelievable uh, the first you know we find in in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that all that's required for salvation is to confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved all you got to do is say these magic words and the second is from Romans 10:13 whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved that's on a sign just down the street well if we read the rest of the chapter and indeed the entire word of God it elaborates on how that is possible and in fact achieved and so in answer to that first error when we go back to verse 9 <clears throat> that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe with thy heart thou shalt be saved uh, in verse 10 he says here's how here's the order for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation so you you can't confess what you what you don't know <laughs> what you don't know so for the first thing that has to happen is you with your heart you have to to believe in Jeremiah so I'll give you because it's required I'll give you a new heart because you have to have that so first the heart must believe and then confession is made unto or with regard to salvation and then in regarding to the second proposition that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved there in verse 13 the very next verse clearly defines how that can come about Verse 14 says, Well, how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? It's as clear as day. You're not going to call on someone you don't believe. You can say the words, but you, you, don't, you don't really believe. How shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So then if we paraphrase that verse, it would seem that one cannot call on whom they've not believed. And secondarily, and this takes us back to the, what was written in uh, what Mon, uh, Maurice Montgomery wrote in your bulletin there about lying about God. How can they believe in him in whom they have not heard? What, what they're hearing is not God. What they're hearing is not who he is or anything in truth about him. To him, God Almighty who saves his people from their sins, it's, it's mostly not declared. 
what they do declare is vastly in error concerning God, and so truly they have not heard. They, they've not heard anything about God. You know, Paul said, I'm free from the blood of all men because I have not shunned to declare all the counsel of God. And that is includes election and predestination and Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated, a remnant according to the election of grace. All those truths where God has actually saved his people from their sins all through time is thrown to the side in favor of of free willism and all you got to do is say the magic words sign here and so Paul says what is we, we've, we've learned that they have to call on God but how can they call on him, him and whom they've not heard so what is required is then someone to actually faithfully declare the gospel in truth and that's what it goes on to say how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed how shall they believe in him whom they've not heard and how shall they hear without a, a preacher one to declare these these truths and how shall they preach except they be sent and then for the believer how it is written how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things to declare that someone actually saves his people, someone actually effects salvation. So what of them who, who hear but only with ears of flesh? These, these religious folks that Jesus was dealing with in that council, they'd, they'd heard Moses. They'd heard him speak. They'd heard Jesus himself speak. They heard John the Baptist but they just heard him with the ears of, of flesh. So Paul writes in Romans ten sixteen, but they've not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, "Who hath believed our report?" Takes us back to Isaiah fifty three one. Who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? So he says, "Here's a here's a problem." In our natural state, we have ears of flesh, eyes of flesh. We can't see spiritual things. We can't receive them. Verse 17, So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Not... uh, The word of God causes them to hear, and that's isn't that what he what he told in uh, Luke chapter seven? The deaf are made to hear. The eyes of the blind are open. So you go tell John in prison there. The deaf are made to hear. The eye the blind are made to see. The dead are raised. All those spiritual things that he did physically that represented what happens in salvation. 
He's in verse 18. But I say, have they not heard? Verily their sound went into all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But there was mostly no spiritual hearing. There was mostly no spiritual seeing. Because Hebrew says that it must be mixed with faith to be effectual. The word, the gospel was preached unto us as well as unto them, but it was not, it didn't profit them because it came to them in word only. That's, that's what it tells us in Thessalonians. It must go out in power and in the Holy Spirit and not in word only. Many hear the words of the gospel in word only, but few believe. In verse 19 of Romans 10, he says, But I say, did not Israel know? First, Moses says, I'll provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. There is none that seeketh the Lord. <laughs> but to Israel he saith, All day long I stretch forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. And yet you wouldn't come. How isn't that what Jesus said when he stood there on the Mount of Olives and he looked down at Jerusalem, he said Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how oft would I have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. So what's the answer? What's required to believe? Well, you know, if you were to go on through Romans 11, you'd read about a testament of grace bestowed unto the remnant according to the election of grace. Given ears to hear the gospel, given a heart to believe the gospel, given... Uh, the ability to love God and find out that we love Him because He first loved us. True evangelism then is declaring grace bestowed by the Sovereign Lord God Almighty who has mercy upon whom He'll have mercy and leaving the result up to the Spirit of God. And so those who Jesus is chatting with there in this Council, these religious folks, these elders of the Jews, these priests, posing these questions to the King of Kings with an unbelieving heart and a desire to kill him. They're not believers and never will be. Art thou the Christ? And he said to them, If I tell you, you won't believe. In John six sixty four he says, There are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. Not that he just has a good crystal ball, but he knows that they believe not because he has not caused them to, to believe. And if I ask you, they said, Art thou the Christ? It's the same, and he asks, if I ask you, it's the same as he asked Peter, well, who do you say that I am? You won't answer me. There's no, there's, they're caught in, they're caught in the same 
perplexing problem that that he caught other leaders in. There's no right answer for them. If they answer, well, the evidence says that you're the Christ. Well, if if the evidence says, then why don't you believe? <laughs> and if you say that I'm not, then you're ignoring all the evidence. So there's no there's no good answer for the unbelievers there. Uh, he says, you won't answer me and you won't let me go. They can't. God has purposed that that they will not. They've been hardened to the task for the, required for the redemption of the church. Then said they all, Art thou then the Son of God? And he said to them, You say that I am. And they said, What need we of further witnesses? For we have heard with our own ears. We've We've heard this from his own mouth, this blasphemy. And yet, when they take him before Pilate, that's, that's not what they said. This man, he's saying we ought not to pay our taxes. Because <laughs> that's what the Romans were interested in. They didn't care anything about the Jews' religion. And, oh yeah, and he said he was king. We have no king but Caesar. So taxes and power. That's what the approach to the Romans. We heard what we don't want to hear and do not and cannot believe without the Spirit of God and His action. So that's where we'll end chapter 22 and Be free because the Son of God makes you free indeed.